Hey guys, on today's episode of the John Campia Show, a brand new Ant-Man Quantumania trailer drops next week. Jeremy Renner is in critical condition in the hospital following an accident. The top 10 performing movies and TV shows of Disney Plus of 2022 have been released. A brand new Stan Lee documentary is coming in 2023. Rumors of a Harry Potter franchise reboot? Is that real or is it BS? Black Panther 2 is coming to Disney Plus this month and... Avatar is passing Top Gun Maverick as the number one box office film of 2022. That and a whole bunch more. The John Campia Show starts right now. Well, greetings and salutations to 2023 and the first John Campia Show of the new year. The best damn movie related show on the internet. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and this show is, of course, brought to you in part by our friends at Mint Mobile. And it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around in this new year to celebrate our favorite things in the world. Movies and movie news, TV and streaming, and all sorts of good things. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time ever in 2023, I present to you Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Right beside him, of course, is the new 2023 Chris Carr. Sitting over there is the 2023 Ray Aura. Right beside him is the 2023 version of a fact checker, producer, director of operations, Jonathan Voico. And right beside him is still just Taylor. And it is Because he was perfect already. It's I, I, My New Year's resolution is to make Taylor's life as difficult as possible. I got, I got I got you, baby. I'll buy him. I got to point out. What's that? We might be the only show, movie show on the internet right now. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. That yeah. makes Everyone us the best. Yeah. It literally makes us the Dedication. best. And most importantly, of course, you guys are here joining us today. Thank you so much for making this show part of your day. And here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break it down into two parts. In the first half of the show, we're going to take to talk about some predetermined topics. Then the second half of the show, we're going to take our members live questions we're we're making one of the changes in 23 that we're moving along is you know we're hearing from a lot of people that who are trying to send in super chats on the show that you know the window closes so fast that a lot of people were never able to get in their super chats and all that kind of stuff plus we wanted to make something a little more special for our channel members so on the john campus show now at the end of the show we're gonna be taking our members questions in a way if you are one of our channel members first of all thank you for being a channel member at the near the end of the show we were going to be posting a community board post uh, about a place for you guys to leave your comments and questions for the show and then we will go and take your questions from there again that will be posted once we get near the end of the main topics. And then, of course, for people who do enjoy Super Chatting, don't worry. We're still going to have open mic for things like that. Our uh, after shows, uh, Weekly Hero, which is coming today, by the way, our mm -hmm. first Weekly Hero of 2023. So, yeah, keep your eyes open for that near the end of the episode. All right, guys, listen, with all that down in the way, we got a lot of stuff to cover here today. So let's jump right into it with a couple of off the tops. And the first thing we're going to start with is this shocking and, and very concerning news. Uh, one of my favorite guys in the MCU, Jeremy Renner. Of course, I love his Hawkeye. I, I didn't like the Hawkeye series all that much, but I love the character of Hawkeye, particularly the one, the only one, the real one, Jeremy Renner uh, playing Hawkeye. Anyway, um, he lives around the Reno area. He loves Reno. He's described it as, it's a great city. It's not too small. It's not too big. It's perfect for the type of life I want for me and my family. Great. They get a lot of snow there. And apparently he was plowing snow and had a, what the police are calling a weather-related accident. And according to the reports, they, he is currently in hospital, surrounded by friends and family, uh, and they're calling his condition critical. Now, 
while they're calling his condition critical, they're also saying it currently is stable um, and that he is currently receiving the best care. Now, there hasn't been a lot of details going around uh, about what specifically has happened to Jeremy. I have a speculation, although, Tay, this is just me speculating. Um, You know, as somebody who spent some of my years growing up on the Campia Ranch uh, up in Canada, my dad would often have to, you know, pull out the tractor and plow snow around the ranch. And if you know any houses that are out in the back areas, almost every road is bordered by a ditch. And there were a number of times that my my dad nearly took what he was plowing with, nearly tipped. And so my pure speculation on this is I wonder if that's what happened here. I mm-hmm. wonder if like doing that kind of plowing, I don't know. It, it doesn't say there was anybody else involved in the accident. So I don't think he was hit by another vehicle, although more information may come out. But whatever it was, uh, Renner currently in hospital listed his condition. The last I checked a few minutes ago, they're still listing his condition as critical. And uh, all of our best hopes and wishes uh, go to Jeremy and his family. And hopefully when they're calling him stable right now, that's not just them being optimistic. Hopefully that is the case. He's stable. Mm-hmm. And uh, our best thoughts. That Anyway, Rob, you heard about this. I'm shocked to hear about it on New Year's Day. Uh, your thoughts on this? Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of Jeremy Renner's, and like you, John, I hope that he is okay. Um, and that, I was thinking something along those lines. I, you know, the way you explained it earlier, that seems reasonable. It might have tipped into a ditch, or something could have happened. Uh, obviously, I don't know. I just wish the best speedy recovery for him because I, you know, not just as Hawkeye, he's a great actor. Oh, he's a fabulous. You know, actor. I, I, he made the Hurt Locker, what it was, and I'm I'm a huge fan of of his. And he was wasn't he in one of Ben Affleck's? Was he in the town? He was in the town. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. was like the the counterpoint to Ben Affleck's and, character. He that that is one of my favorite performances. Of and his. in the Taylor Sheridan series, you know, the he's terrific. And I I just hope I Wind hope, River. He was oh, and Wind amazing, River. Oh, Wind amazing. River. Uh, I hope all the best for him because I'm a big fan. So, Chris, you heard about this. What are your thoughts? I mean, it's scary. You just hope that he's going to be okay. You know, Logan owns a uh, a farm up in South Dakota, and this also just gives me um, even more reason to not go there um, because you can get injured to working on these things. But I hope he's doing well, and I'm so glad his friends and family are with him right now. You know, it's it, this is like one of these reminders to us. I mentioned last week. I, I, I Ann and I decided because I couldn't get home for Christmas, we said, "Well, let's." We'll go to the Rams game on Christmas Day because we've got nothing else to do. And every once in a while, it's good for us to get these reminders that even these big stars are have to do just regular people things. They A yep. lot of times, they need to go to the store. They need to go to the bathroom. I, and so Ann and I were They go to the there. bathroom? Uh, apparently. Well, apparently not all of us can be Chris Carr. Yeah. We're little poop fairies come and take it away in our sleep. That's what they do. <laughs> so Y'all don't have I, poop fairies? Sometimes they miss the window, though. <laughs> Sometimes they miss the window. <laughs> what but, do you do? You know, Seth Rogen was sitting like right in front of us with his family, just coming to a football game. If you live at a place like that, your snow's got to be plowed. And if you're kind of a self-reliant kind of man, you want to go out and do it yourself and doing these regular things. And these sorts of things can happen. And again, all of our uh, best thoughts and wishes for a speedy recovery uh, to Jeremy Renner. Guys, question is for you. What was your reaction hearing this? I mean, it, it just seemed like something out of a Twilight Zone episode or something for me, just plowing his own snow. What are your thoughts? Jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, let's get on to another off the top here. And that one is this. You know, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, has now made over $820 million uh, at the box office, which is 
I mean, by any reasonable assessment, is is a big success for them. Congratulations on them making that much money. A far cry from the $1.3 billion that the original movie made. But as I pointed out in an editorial video I put up this week, how much money do you expect this movie to make without its main star and without its main actor? I, I mean, did you think, do you think Iron Man 3 would have made $1.2 billion if Robert Downey Jr. wasn't in it and Tony Stark wasn't in it? I don't think so. So I think $820 million they've got to feel pretty good about and take it as a win. But now we know when it's coming out on Disney Plus, and it's not a big window. You know, unlike Top Gun Maverick, which, why did they wait, like six, seven months? Just kept making money in the theater. Yeah, they kept it in the theater. Wakanda Forever is coming out on January 20th on Disney Plus. Now, I get that some may say and ask the question, well, wait a minute, you know, Top Gun Maverick all, made all that kind of money. Yeah, but this isn't Top Gun Maverick. Um, the, you could feel it. The, the momentum of Black Panther's Wakanda Forever's box office run is at the end of its life cycle, right? It's now just making maybe a couple million dollars. It had a really good weekend this weekend because it was the Christmas or it was the New Year's weekend, big holiday weekend. We saw a lot of films do very well. Um, but really, it's nearing the end of its, of its lifespan in the box office. So for it to come out now on January 20th, that seems reasonable to me. Although if I would say this, if I was Disney on this i would maybe push it off one or two more months and then build an actual because this is such a high profile movie build a little bit of a campaign pumping up its arrival on disney plus at this point it's less than three it's two and a half weeks away until they're dropping it on i would give it a little bit more of a runway just to give it a push uh but other than that it's i don't think it's unreasonable for it to come out on january 20th at this point anyway chris black panther wakanda forever is going to hit disney plus on january 20th too soon, just right. What do you think? No, I feel like that's the sweet spot for this. I think this is a really great move. Hopefully, too, this is something that could bolster up Disney Plus subscribers as well. You know, I think this is the right time. I think they gave it their chance doing the theatrical run, and this is exactly when you should do it. January is a pretty slow movie month, too. You know, yes. in theaters, there's not a lot of stuff going there. So if it is remaining in theaters at all, maybe some people would trickle out to it just because there's not a lot of other offerings. But I think from a subscriber-based standpoint, this is a really smart move. Rob, again, we've talked a lot about this is about how big is the appropriate time to to go from the theatrical? How big should that window be till you drop it on streaming? It's going to be different for every movie. Is this the right one for Black Panther? I think so. A absolutely, John. I mean, if you look at if you look at the Black Panther franchise is now a two billion dollar franchise. If you uh, average it out over two movies, that's huge. And for all the detractors, I know people are going to say, well, you know, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness made more. But. We're Doctor talking, Strange still had Benedict Cumberbatch in it. Yeah, yes, so that's a yes, big it advantage did. it had. What's What's incredible is now we take an eight hundred million dollar worldwide gross for granted. Like, oh, yeah, we really only eight hundred million. Like, I mean, five years ago we would never say that, and it's it's incredible that the MCU that was the thirtieth MCU movie made eight hundred billion dollars. Talk about staying power. I mean, this is incredible, and and I think that. They, they put, look, we got Quantumania opening on the 17th of, of February, right? Yep. 17th of February. I mean, they put something on to Disney Plus, and then theatrically they come to dominate, I'm sure. I mean, yes, Ant-Man is at the lower end of their franchise, but, I mean, in terms of strategy, hey, you, you, you put out uh, Wakanda Forever on Disney Plus, and the hype train's already started for... Yeah, a week this, or two later, you're dropping anyone in theaters. Yeah, this is how you run a franchise. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty amazing. And if you think about it, and if you look at the theatrical, 
you go from Thor, Love and Thunder. It was not out of the theaters very long before Wakanda Forever comes along or before Love and Thunder goes on to Disney+. Plus. You get Wakanda Forever coming out. I mean, uh, this is this is a money train that I wish I was on. You know, it's funny. <laughs> it You bring this up, you know, how we, we've come to take for granted that $820 million is, I mean, that's how successful Marvel has been, that, you know, $820 million film. And some people look at that, and it's just kind of funny that it illustrates. And again, I am, I, you know me, I am a big fan of the DC movies. I'm a big fan of the Marvel movies, but I'm just putting this out there, is that it's funny how a DC movie comes out. This kind of illustrates the difference between the realities of Marvel and DC right now. A DC movie comes out, and people are trying to find ways to explain making just 300 something million dollars, like under $400 million for a Black Adam movie was somehow successful. But that a Marvel movie making over $800 million, well, maybe that wasn't so successful. I mean, it, it just kind of illustrates the difference in the realities playing they're playing with. Again, why DC needs a major restart at this point. But I mean, also collectively, John, you know, they borrow money to make these movies. Yes, they do. Yeah. And so they're on a rotating like paying back the interest on these movies. It's not just because that always, in terms of making a movie earn out, you have to think about studio overhead. You have to think about interest payments. The Marvel Cinematic Universe has a really nice, I mean, talk about cash flow. I'd love to have a business that had the cash flow of just the MCU because it's pretty damn good. And, and by the way, I've been seeing a lot of people mention, because I did this editorial video over the weekend, but a lot of people saying, well, John, it didn't play in China. If it had played in China, it would have easily made a billion dollars. No, it wouldn't have. The first Black Panther movie played in China, and it made, with Chadwick Boseman in it, it made $100 million in China. If it had played in China without Chadwick Boseman and without T'Challa, it would have made less than $100 million. So even if it had played in China, it still wouldn't have made a billion dollars. But still... $820 million. And if it opened there, they still would have had to contend with COVID. Yeah, there still wouldn't, have, so it up wouldn't there going have been on. what they thought about it. All right, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? A Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. If you're a fan of the film, you're not going to have to wait too long. January 20th, apparently, is when it's going to drop on Disney+. Plus. Is this too fast for this movie? Is it the right amount of time? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's get into another off the top here, shall we? And I find this one fascinating. That one is this. With the end of 2022 coming, of course, there's a lot of best of, worst of, most anticipated, lot. but a really interesting piece of data just came out that was tracking the most successful movies and TV shows that aired on Disney Plus in 2022. Mm. And as I looked at this data, I found a couple of things that I thought were actually kind of surprising. Uh, let's jump over to my screen here on this. First of all, the top, the most successful movies. Now, they had a, a point system that basically, you know, number of views, how much points were worth for the first number of days that was available, all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, it came down to when you look at the top movies of Disney Plus, only one didn't have a theatrical release first. They didn't have some form of theater. It was a Disney Plus original, and that was Turning Red. And boy, I still just, I just, 
how much money that movie could have made in oh. theaters. I mean, it wouldn't have been a billion dollar film, but no, but what a mistake. What a drastic one they of the major Bob money. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. Big, one of the big mistakes there. But you see, by a mile, the most watched thing was Encanto. That thing didn't do great at the box office, but that's where it got its word of mouth and buzz. And then it got onto Disney Plus, and then everybody wanted to know why we weren't talking about some Italian guy named Bruno. So that's what it went there. Moana. Love seeing that. I love Moana. I love that people are still going back and watching that movie. Their third number one movie. Again, these are all animated so far. (laughs) Actually, all of the top six are animated films. But you had Moana at number two, Turning Red at number three, which is a master. Again, I put it in my top 10 films of 2022. Uh, Zootopia, uh, Luca, which I didn't love, but I thought it was all right. It was cute. I love Luca. The original Toy Story. Home Alone, of course, because it got a big push around the Christmas season. A lot of people tuned in and watched Home Alone. Uh, Lightyear didn't even do all that great on Disney+. Plus. Ryan the Last Dragon. And the number one most watched in the U.S. By the way, these are the U.S. numbers. The number one most watched Marvel film on Disney Plus in 2022 was Eternals. That was their most successful Marvel film on there. Now... Uh, If we go over to the worldwide number, so these were just the U.S. numbers. It's similar, but a few big differences. So this is the worldwide numbers, not just the U.S. market. Again, Encanto was number one. Turning Red and Momoa swap places. Worldwide, Turning Red was number two, Moana number three. Then worldwide, Avengers Endgame. Uh, A lot of people still around the world watching Avengers Endgame. Then you had Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness at number five. Uh, Lightyear, number six, Eternals, still up there at number seven. Then you had Thor, Love and Thunder, Hocus Pocus, and Avatar. Again, even on the worldwide thing, the only Disney Plus original exclusives that are on there are two. You got Turning Red and you've got Hocus Pocus 2. All right, let's look at the television shows, starting with the U.S. market alone. By a mile. Well, maybe not by a mile, but by a good margin. The Simpsons is still the number one thing being watched. Everybody talks about this thing has run out of steam. Nobody cares about the Simpsons anymore. Blah, blah, blah. It is still the number one thing. Again, this is the U.S. market, but still the number one thing being watched on there. Followed by Bluey, uh, the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, Marvel's Spidey and his amazing friends. Jesse, you notice something here? Like animated and children's stuff. Uh, Anyway, Jesse. Then at number six, you had the Book of Boba Fett, which a lot of people meant a lot of people got disappointed, but a lot of people watched it nonetheless. Uh, number seven, Star Wars Andor. Number eight, Star Wars A Clone Wars. Number nine, The She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. And number 10, Moon Knight. As we go over to the worldwide numbers, again, Simpsons by a large margin. Most watched thing. And then interesting, Grey's Anatomy. Just out of nowhere. I guess that's a star part uh, on the star package that's yeah. in oh, the international okay. markets. So again, this is the worldwide Grey's Anatomy, Family Guy, Bluey. Ray's got getting yeah. all, Ray's all happy that Bluey's on there. Yep. Modern Family, which I actually think you know, we don't talk about that show because it's not on anymore. But that was one of the better written comedies. Like the, oh, the writing sure. on that show was always brilliant. Uh, number six, Malcolm in the Middle. Then we got She-Hulk Attorney at Law, How I Met Your Mother, Star Wars, Andor. Good to see Andor getting some success. And Moon Knight. What's really interesting about this list too, talking about TV shows is that like Netflix, all the most popular stuff is catalog material. It's not even their original stuff. As you see, the only the Disney Plus original stuff here is She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, Star Wars, Andor, and Moon Knight. Everything else was catalog kind of material. So 
a lot of really interesting things here as we take a step back and look at what what really hit what are people actually watching on disney plus it kind of recalibrates our definitions of success on the matter anyway rob you see these lists of the top tv shows and movies what stands out to you well this by the way this is fascinating and there's a lot i think to take away and one of those things to take away is that disney plus is truly a family platform it is not adult fair like are they going to spend lots of money to make a new alien movie and stick it on disney plus i don't think that's going to happen and what's really interesting john on their top movies uh, in the u.s the fact that eternals was the only live action mcu movie that was on that list shows me that eternals we are going to get in eternals too because clearly if eternals is that popular it means more people ended up seeing it probably on disney plus than saw it in the theater you want to interesting i saw a really neat article in screen screen rant wrote a really interesting article in, in the last couple of days some of you guys may have seen it where it's basically uh, a year after its release people are rethinking eternals yes and and that's yeah i i look you and i are we're, we're staunch supporters yes of that film. I, I really like the film I, it's one of my more favorite mcu movies and it, it it also shows and i mean this with love it also shows that sometimes the movie punditry space forgets that there is a much wider universe out there than the one that we just pay attention to. We have to remember that that we are a very small minority of the worldwide audience when we're bitching and moaning, complaining about stuff that we like and don't like, that that the larger planet is not necessarily as concerned. You know what I'm surprised about on that list of movies, especially domestically, there's not one Star Wars film on it. No one's watching Star Wars or Empire Strikes Back. I would well, have thought. Well, to be fair, there hasn't been a new Star Wars movie in years. No, but I mean, those are all catalog titles. People are watching Toy Story, and that movie's 25 years old. Again, children's film, though. That's what, yeah, that's children's what I mean. animated. But that's yeah. where, where you, you're looking at the, the Disney Plus, and they know that. They know that, that that and I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if you, and at the top of that list, Zootopia is a great movie. Oh, yeah. Really great movie. And Toy Story, one of the greatest animated films. Home Alone, of mm -hmm. course, you've got. People are always watching that, and that's a, a Fox title. It's really interesting to look at this. And I think when Disney Plus, because there's, you know, they, they're talking about we lost $4 billion in streaming. Well, because their programming should be directed at what is their primary audience. And it's going to be interesting to see, obviously, as you go worldwide, there's Endgame, there's more things on there, Doctor Strange. But it's really interesting. Like, I would, my question to you or anybody is, why did Eternals? wind up on that list shang chi wasn't on that i you, you know, know what i have here's one thing it's only one factor but i think the fact that in relation to the mcu that so few people saw it in theaters that when it came available on streaming they're like we need to check this out mm -hmm. like a lot more people saw doctor strange and the multiverse of madness in theaters so maybe they weren't as inclined to jump on disney plus and watch it again but I think for some people, because what what did fact check this for me here, uh, Taylor? How much I think Eternals made four hundred mid four hundred millions. I think something like that. More than Black Adam at the, <laughs> at the Black uh, Adam four hundred two, four hundred two million dollars, right? Which is at the very in the modern in in the new last six seven years of the MCU. That is the very bottom of the barrel. Yeah. So I'm sure that had something to do. But I think the Screen Rant article was also correct in saying that I think also a lot of people are rethinking that movie. 
and seeing just how original it was for the MCU and how different tune. Anyway, Chris, you saw these lists, the TV yeah. shows, movies, domestic, worldwide. Was there anything that surprised you or jumped out to you, some sort of truth that revealed itself to you? A here? truth definitely did. The animation domination, all right? Mm. Disney does animation better than anyone else, all right? We all know this. We all accept that. I mean, one through seven, honestly, is just like a millennial thunder blanket, right? It's a weighted blanket of comfort here, oh, revisiting yeah, things. Thunder blanket. It's, you that's know? gonna be the name of my new album. That's oh my gosh! I'm gonna I'm make so a new album for it to drop. just so I can make that the name you know, of my album. I, I know so many adults though, who who love Zootopia, right? Because it's such a wonderful message and a wonderful movie. I know so many people who love revisiting Toy Story because they grew up with Andy. I'm one yeah. of those kids where you know when you get to that third movie, that fourth movie, who you're gutted because you experienced all of this. Turning Red was in my top tens. None of you would know that. Oh well, we'll talk about that hmm. later. You put hmm. a movie on that list that didn't qualify. Which one? You put uh, Werewolf by Night on it, which isn't a movie. Uh, according to Rotten Tomatoes, it is in the top 100 of movies this yeah, year. Yeah, but Rotten Tomatoes are full of dumb people. So, <gasps> You the people. You the people. Oh, my goodness. Okay. We'll fight about it. qualifies a feature film. Well, I'll fight both of you. Then Pinocchio. Anyway, I think this is, I think this is a really solid list, though, of really great things. And I think this shows you, though, that one... People are willing to take risks on movies they didn't see before, right? Yeah. Like you were talking about with Eternals. It's kind of like that old school um, when things went on to DVD and everything, how they'd get that second boom and everything. We don't always see the same financial gains, obviously, when it comes to streaming like we did when people would buy their physical media. But it is really, really cool to see people going, oh, hey, now I can check this movie out and now I enjoy it. So it is cool that we might see things get a second wind that we didn't think would. I also think now that Iger's back, this is one of those things that, oh, we really should focus on theatrical releases and proper marketing for animated fare because this is what people expect from the House of Mouse. Because it, the, this chart showed that almost almost all of their top performing things were things that had theatrical releases first exactly and when you look at the demographics too of who actually goes in to watch these things it isn't just children watching them adults you know people of all ages love their animated content so do don't more tell bob chapek that i know bob i won't believe hey. you. anyway guys question <laughs> is for you were there any surprises there for you are is there some nuggets of truth that you gleaned from this information whatever you thought about these charts jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys, with that down, let's get on to our first Mint Mobile hotline question of the day of 2023, shall we? If you guys have a question for the show and you'd like to hear your voice resonating from your speakers, go ahead and call our hotline number anytime 24-7 at 951-268-4259, and maybe you'll be our Mint Mobile hotline question of today. And our Mint Mobile question today has something to do with that lawsuit that's going on about misleading trailers. Take it away. Hey, what's going on, J. Crew? It's Will on all the way from Worcester, Massachusetts. So I know you guys spoke a little bit about the recent lawsuit against Universal Studios for false advertisement in the trailer yesterday. But I was thinking, do you think this will lead to the studios putting up warning labels before a trailer starts? And how does this lawsuit compare to Spider-Man No Way Home hiding our boys Toby and Andrew? or scenes we never saw in the Infinity War movie showing Hulk in the final battle. Like, how do these examples differ from the lawsuit? Thanks for taking my question and bring on the filthy. All right, man. Thanks a lot for calling in. So, yeah, we talked about this before the Christmas break, that for those of you who don't know, last year a lawsuit got filed against, uh, I think it was uh, Universal, mm -hmm. for their movie Yesterday. A nice little film, by the way. And but that was brought to them, a class action lawsuit was brought by a couple of fans who had paid for the movie 
because in the trailers for yesterday, popular actress Anna de Armas is in the trailers. They, being Anna de Armas fans, they thought, well, then we want to see this. So they paid for the movie only to find out that Anna de Armas does not appear in the movie. So they brought a lawsuit. The, stu the studio's lawyers filed a motion to have the lawsuit dismissed. And the judge said, no, this lawsuit has merit and it will go to trial. So that was a big blow. Now, this has brought up a lot of questions going around, including a couple of questions that you just asked. Well, what, what parts of trailers does this affect? Does this mean trailers can't have misdirects? Does this mean that, you know what? Because some people saying, well, then I want to sue them too because I went to go see this movie because the trailer looked funny and I didn't think the movie was funny. Well, look, the judge in their ruling, when they talked about why this lawsuit has merit, they expressed, look, there is room for artistic interpretation and artistic expression. Absolutely. So, for example, them making, I think, the most misleading trailer in history which was The Bridge to Terabithia, a Disney huh. film. That is, to me, the most misleading thing. Now, all the actors are in it, all that kind of stuff, but that trailer made it look like a whimsical thing of children finding a magical kingdom in the uh, forest. Yeah. If you read the book, you watched that trailer and went, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> no, this is oh. a dark, sad, depressing, mm -hmm. like, like, good movie. Yeah, but, but you're no going to cry, bitch. Yep, not the movie that mothers <laughs> took their kids to yeah. go, that they thought they were taking their kids to see, right? But even within the ru ruling of this lawsuit, that trailer is fine. This is a specific thing. And that specific thing was you cross a line as a studio putting out marketing when you literally tell the audience, this famous actor is in this movie. And then they're not in the movie. Now, some may say, well, you know, a lot of times, you know, Rob, you and I have talked about this. I, I've brought this up myself that, listen, a lot of times these trailers are made before the final edits. Sure. And edits get made. Yeah, but the problem was that even after they edited Anadarmus out of the movie, even once the movie was done its theatrical run and it was playing on streaming, they still were playing the trailer with Anna Armas in it. So they couldn't use that as a defense either. So what about something? Well, they, the trailers didn't show us that Toby and Andrew were in it. Well, that's okay. Trailers don't have to show you something that is in there. They don't have to do that. That's fine. Well, Avengers Infinity War, they showed Hulk running in the final battle. True, but Hulk is in the movie. I mean, these were some of the lines that the judge was trying to say. It's like, look, the, the, the studios and the movies, they still have a lot of artistic wiggle room to present their marketing for their movies. But there is a line. Because, you know, here's what happens, Rob. If the judge doesn't say, if the judge doesn't come out and say, no, bad Universal, Here's what happens. Imagine a scenario where Spider-Man 4 is coming out. And this judge does not punish Universal for doing that. Well, Disney can go, well, you know what? People love that we had Andrew and Toby in that last movie. Yeah, but we don't have Andrew and Toby in the new movie. Yeah, but people don't know that. Why not in the new trailer? Why don't we put in, let's get Andrew and Toby down, give them $100,000 each just for the day. Let's bring them down. Let's show a scene in the trailer where Tom, Andrew, and Toby are all sitting at a dining, in, in a diner somewhere talking. Put that in the trailer. But they're not in the movie. Doesn't matter. The law says we can put whoever we want in the trailer. So that is the type of protection I think the judge is trying to make. It's not a coverall. It's like, your trailers can't have any artistic expression. Yes, they can. There can be misdirects. You can do all that kind of stuff. But there's a line that you cannot cross. And apparently the judge, Rob, is saying that line is 
you can't tell the audience that they're going to get a movie star in it and not have the movie star in the movie. I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, I think you described it well. We're talking about deception. I mean, this this is... Look, everyone knows that when a movie gets made, throughout history, there have been scenes that are in movie trailers that were not actually in the finished film. In this particular instance, as you pointed out, there is an actor in a trailer that does not appear in the finished film. If you buy the physical media... Or if you go online, you can watch the deleted scene because they included it in. But but look, I think these guys, whoever, the two people who made the lawsuit, I think it was cheeky what they did. However, they were pointing out and the reason that this is different than all those other instances is, as you just illustrated, it's deception. They didn't mean it. It wasn't like, look, this happens. Stuff happens when they make a trailer. The people at the trailer house, they might have made that as a last minute excision in the digital world. You can make those last minute excisions, but nobody thought to like, oh, the trailer's already out there. You'd have to pay the trailer company more money to get the trailer to recut it. Then they have to remaster it in however many different forms and however many, there's, they just don't have a way to, there's no money. It seems silly, but there's no money at the studio level to fix a trailer that's already been done because it would cost a lot of money because the entire process, it's not the same running length. You'd have to change the subtitle tracks. You'd have to change the dubbing whatever it'd be a real pain in the ass so a studio just let it go but no one ever thought the studios were never thinking like oh it's deceptive but now somebody called him on it which is actually kind of cool i think it's kind of annoying but it's also kind of cool that they said that because now like with everything people have to do a little bit more due diligence and that means the marketing department has to coordinate more with the filmmakers and the studio to be like, okay, where are we at in terms of the cut? And we have to make sure that our trailers aren't going to do this anymore. Chris, you mm-hmm. I mean, it's been a little bit. We've had a chance to marinate on it. Yeah. But, but, you know, where does the line get drawn then for, for movie trailers and what they can and cannot show? I mean, this does feel very just weird to me in general. As an actor, I would love to be guaranteed to be in something that I have filmed my scenes for. That'd be amazing, right? Because this has happened to me. This has happened to Aaron. This has happened to tons of actors where you do a film and then you're really excited about it. And then you see the end product and go, oh, I'm not in this at all. I'm not here at all. You have your friends over to watch the premiere of it and you go, well, whoops. Time to drink. <laughs> so I would love it if this was a guarantee for that's all of us. That's also your motto in life, isn't Pretty it? Pretty much. Whoop, time to drink. That's that's my album that I'm going to be dropping. Um, to whoop, drink. time to drink. But I think from this kind of this misleading standpoint, if you are going to go see a movie specifically for one actor, sure, I understand being disappointed if they didn't show up in the end product here. But but to Rob's point, you know, that that is why you used to have special features and everything, which was a fun bonus. Right. Of just, oh, now I get to see that cool deleted scene. Oh, now I get to see this. I feel like this honestly, it feels like a money grab, right? Of like, well, Anna Darmus wasn't in this, so I'm going to capitalize on that because... Everything legally makes sense. All of their points do hold water when you actually looked at, look at it. But it just feels weird to not be able to, to sure, advertise in this way. Is it true to say that people, let alone corporations, mm-hmm. will not stop bad behavior unless you make oh, them stop? Absolutely, yes. yeah. Because again, imagine they decide all the money. Tom Cruise doesn't want to do Top Gun 3. Okay. Well, with all the money, we need to do another Top Gun. Okay, we're going to make another Top Gun, and it's going to be called Top Gun Bob. Okay? <gasps> so, Bob. But yes. in the trailers, hey, guys, you know what? Universal won that lawsuit. Let's put Tom Cruise in the trailers. But Tom Cruise isn't in the movie. I mean, but honestly, the question becomes, if, if somebody doesn't make the studio stop, 
And let's face it, nothing short of a lawsuit is going to make them stop. Oh, absolutely. If they don't, where does the line get drawn? When do we say, wait a minute, now you've crossed the line. Now you're you're saying certain actors aren't that just aren't in it. And it's... I don't know. Well, I, I think corporations obviously to be drawn here. they are going to do the ask for forgiveness instead of permission thing yes. until yes. they can. Because we right? all do that. We all do that. We all love to toe the line. However, I think doing like she had what two scenes in this film? Yes. That's a little different than being like a starring vehicle with Tom Cruise. Two scenes Whoop. of the film, but thirty percent of the trailer, or maybe maybe like twenty one percent of the trailer. Yeah. Right. But, That's the thing. But here's here's the thing. Again, I have to go back to intent. I don't think in this particular instance anybody was trying to defraud anyone. It's just that was the natural, uh, and the studio wasn't at fault. It was the filmmakers, you know, the filmmakers and and it, collaboration, whatever. But that's good until you put it out on streaming. And you're still using the wrong trailer. Well, that's yes, all the, yes, I can see that. But it wasn't. It's like nobody's. It, this is just a normal course of how business was done. Now that you're being held accountable, I'm. I think okay, but also here's the thing. Here's what I I kind of have a problem with. Are you going to choke it up with these kind of new suits? Was this really something? I, I see these guys. It's funny that they did this, and maybe they'll get some cash. But is this what we really... But but but, but to, to back that up even more, remember, there was a lawsuit filed on the Ryan Gosling film... Um, Drive. Drive, right? Was it, was it? That was just the name, Drive, Drive. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Nicholas Winding reference. Right. There was a lawsuit filed saying, hey, these trailers made it look like it was a Fast and the Furious kind of movie, and it totally wasn't. It was totally different, right? And the the courts rejected it. They said, no, 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 that that is the thing. But this, the court said, this is a little bit different. Yeah. So it's not like just anything can come and get thrown against the wall. Because sure. the courts said, hey, no, wait a minute. You're going too far. Th- th- that was fine. Yes, the, did the movie feel like the trailer? No, but that was their artistic license to do it that way. So dismissed. So this is a little bit, I don't know. Guys, I think this is going to be a question. Wait until the actual trial now happens. We've only had one ruling in this against the studio, but we'll see what happens when the trial comes. How do you guys feel about this now that you've had a week or two to think about it? What's standing out to you? Is there a line that needs to be drawn? Should the studios be allowed to put whatever they want in the trailers? If there is a line, where do you draw it? I don't know. However you guys feel about it, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down... Let's move into our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics in the John Campion Show? We're that simple. You guys come up with our main topics. See, whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic here on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampionshow.com contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on the John Campius Show. With that down, Chris, what is our first main topic today? Our first topic comes from Isaac Beebe. Happy New Year to you all, and I hope 2023 is an amazing year for you all and for the movies too. And speaking of movies, the first big blockbuster of the year is just around the corner in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And I just saw a tweet from Fandango confirming that the next trailer will drop on January the 9th during the Monday Night Football College Championship. What are you hoping or expecting to see in the new trailer? And do you think that the tickets will go on sale at the same time? Or is it still a little too early for that? Thanks and keep bringing on the filthy in 2023. All right, Isaac. Thanks a lot for sending that in. Congrats for being the first viewer question sent in Woo-hoo. for 2023. All right. Yeah. So I'm watching a little bit. I don't watch a lot of college football, but around playoff time, I start watching. So I, I watched some of the football this weekend. By the way, um, 
amazing football. Amazing football. But one of the things they mentioned during the game is next week on the College Football Championships, our first exclusive look at the new trailer for Ant-Man and the and the, the Wasp, Quantumania, right? They made a big deal out about, about that. They even had that disclaimer, Anna de Armas wasn't going to be in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Anna de Armas, not in this movie. Um, so they made a big deal about it. This is things coming, blah, 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 blah. So a couple things. Uh, number one, I completely believe that tickets will go on sale that night. It's a little more than a month coming out, but that's not completely without precedence, right? We've we've seen movies put their advanced ticket sales online in that range before. Normally, it's a little shorter, but I've seen some movies put their tickets out on sale in that range. Listen, if you're going to drop it on something like that, because that's going to have a lot of eyeballs on it, you end it with tickets on sale now. So I don't have information verifying that that's the case. I'm just saying my speculation is I'll be surprised if tickets do not go on sale that night. I think the moment that trailer drops... It's going to be tickets on sale now. And Ray Ora will be doing his uh, live from the hot tub ticket watch <laughs> with Ray in the hot tub. It's yeah. like, man, that thing's selling a lot of tickets. That, that'll be his thing. So <laughs> that's going to be going on. Now, here's the thing, too. What I have been told, I have not been told about what's in it, okay? But I was told this. You guys always hear me talking about that, a trailer, particularly once you get into your second or third trailer, you need to give the audience an idea about what the movie's about, right? Right now, we don't really know what this movie's about, and that's fine. It was just the first trailer. It's the, the first trailer that's kind of announcing the movie is coming, give you a couple little uh, tidbits. But I was told that there are going to be, number one, we will have a solid idea what the movie's about. Mm-hmm. Not going to give any major spoilers away. Number two, it's not going to give any major spoilers away. But number three is that there are going to be a couple of elements that are going to get people really excited. Now, I don't know if that means a MODOK. Mephisto. Mephisto. Yes. Finally, Mephisto. <laughs> I don't know if that means MODOK. They're going, to sh- they're going to show us our first look at MODOK. I don't know if that means a mutant character is going to be in there. I don't know if that means we're going- Thanos is going to make an appearance. Again, I- I'm- I'm- this is just me throwing wild things out in the air. But what I was told was that there's going to be one or two elements in there that are going to excite people. So we're this trailer that they're putting in this major, major platform of the college football championships with a lot of eyeballs on it. And if they are, as I think, going to then put tickets on sale, they're going to make this trailer something that is going to want you go, F everything else I'm doing right now, smash that purchase button now. They're going to be on their phones. They want this trailer to be the type of trailer that is going to make people make people immediately grab their phones, sitting in front of their laptops, go immediately to the ticket purchase page and buy them right there. So what I'm guessing we're going to get out of it, again, the basic idea of the movie, no spoilers, and one or two things that are going to make people go, like the trailer reactors go, Whoa! Like, I think we're going to get one or two. Of those. Frame that. Do that again. <laughs> I, think, I think we're going to get one or two of those moments in that in that trailer. Like, and what they might be and all that. I have no idea, no guesses at this point. But anyway, Chris, you hear about this. They're dropping this trailer mm-hmm. at the College Football Champions. Big platform. Do you think tickets go on sale that now? Because it is a little far out. It is. And and what are you expecting in this trailer? I don't feel like they'd release tickets this early, honestly. I think they'd wait a little while longer. But that's just me. Um, in this trailer, I think we're going to get some more Bill Murray. 
I think we're going to have him featured in here because he's showing up. Um, although I know he's had some controversy lately, so maybe they'll also change that edit. Who's to say? Um, I also think we're going to see a little bit more of Janet's relationship um, with Hope. Because mm. I know that's been a thing that, you know, the directors talked about a lot of how, oh, my gosh, I have my mother back. We now have this relationship that we get to, like, explore together. But she knows so little about her mom. You know, she had this whole other life. She went life. away when she was so young. Exactly. And we know from that last trailer, too, Janet's got some secrets, some shady stuff went down in the quantum realm. So I think we're going to get a few hints of that and then also just kind of get a little more tidbits about how Kang is going to be our big bad for this next phase of Marvel. Rob, uh, I mean... We're excited for this movie. Ant-Man is not like the top tier of, of the MCU power rankings or anything like that, but we're excited for this movie. People are excited about Kang. The movie is dropping at this big, big event. The trailer is dropping, I said, mm. this big, big event. Just, just a hair outside of a month away from release. Do they put the tickets on sale that night? And what are you expecting to see in this trailer? Well, one, I saw a TV spot I hadn't seen for this movie this morning that was Kang heavy. Where they, oh, they showed that with the helmet on? And yeah, all that and yeah, they even had Kang the Conqueror in as part of the text. A 30-second TV spot. It, but it's still the stuff we've already seen. Payne Reed in that interview we talked about two weeks ago said that he wanted to do... He didn't want to make a palate-cleansing movie like the other two Ant-Man movies are. He wanted an Avengers-level film. From what we've seen of this, it looks like a family romp into the quantum realm. It has not yet looked like an Avengers-level film. I think there's a lot more going on in this movie than they've let on. Yeah. I think there's a lot more characters. I I think this is going to wind up being some kind of a maybe maybe not quite civil war level. We're going to see variants of people that were unexpectedly are going to be in this movie. You think we're going to get variants in here? I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think we're going to see a lot there's going to be a lot more stuff going on because what's this is teeing up both Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. And I again, I have no knowledge. I don't know, kids. Don't quote me on it. Chris Evans. But I don't know if they, that's the case, but I think there's going to be somebody that's going to, like you said, what'd you do? What? <laughs> I, I think that we're absolutely going to get one of those moments, whether it's a character that we've already seen before or a character we haven't seen before. I would bet on somebody we haven't seen before, a Marvel heavy hitter that's never been in the MCU. Whoever that is, I don't know, but somebody that's going to lead into all of these shenanigans moving forward. Because look, what something they did that they hadn't really done a lot of before, but in the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness promos, they actually gave us Charles Xavier. Yeah. In the trailer. And look at the result. That movie nearly made a billion dollars. Yeah, we're going to get something like that. Mm. I'm not saying it's Charles Xavier, but it's going to be something along those lines. All right, guys. Question is for you. What do you think? Do you think that, number one, do you think tickets are going to go on sale when they do drop this trailer? And then what are you expecting to hear in this trailer or see in this trailer when they put it out? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number two, shall we? Chris, what is our second main topic today? Our second topic comes from Warren L., I'm not usually one to get terribly excited about documentaries, but this one gets me excited. Disney announced that a documentary on Stan Lee is coming in 2023. I don't think I'm exaggerating in saying the man is the godfather of the entire comic book movie genre and 90% of pop culture. He's a legend, and I'm so hyped for this. What are your expectations for it? All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, Warren. And, you know, after the, the sad and tragic passing of Stan Lee, a lot of people immediately started asking the question. I still remember the day after people, 
when's the documentary coming? Or a biopic, either a biopic or a documentary, when is that going to be happening? We all said, well, we know it's coming. We know it's going to be coming. And while they're not going to talk about it right now because it's too soon, you know, some interns are being directed right now in the darker corners of the Disney offices, start pulling the research together for a Stanley biopic. Right. You, you knew they were doing that, or a documentary, right? Well, then they dropped this little sizzle, this, this little thing on Disney+, Plus, and of course, now it's on YouTube, of Stanley documentary. At first, it just really just showed a lot of clips. There was the thumbnail for it. It just showed a lot of clips of him in the various MCU films. And then it ended with, the Stanley documentary coming 2023. Now, I have not heard any more of a specific date than that. Uh, I still have just heard 2023. So I don't know if they put out any more information giving a particular time of year that we can expect it. But, you know, look, this isn't a surprise. We knew something like this was coming. But even though we're not surprised and we anticipated this, it's still exciting to see. Look, we don't, we're not surprised every year when Christmas comes around, but I'm still excited for it every day of the year. <laughs> anyway, this comes to us from the folks over at Screen Rant who wrote the following. On what would have been Stan Lee's 100th birthday, some surprising news had been revealed. At the end of a sizzle reel comprised of Lee's many MCU cameos, Marvel announced that an original documentary titled Stan Lee is coming to Disney Plus in 2023. According to Marvel, the newly announced documentary will celebrate the life and legacy of Stan Lee, likely featuring archival footage and interviews with the comic book writer over the years. The film will probably start by covering Lee's childhood in New York City as he grew up during the Great Depression and developed an early love of reading and writing. Later in life, Lee would rise through the ranks of a small family-run business called Timely Publications, which, with Stan Lee's help, would later become Marvel Comics. And, I, listen, I gotta tell you what, I, I obviously grew up a big fan of Stan Lee, like most of you guys. We all grew up as, as fans and finding a lot. But I gain such a deeper appreciation for him. We've talked about this book before. Uh, what was the title of yeah, it? Yeah, uh, oh. 60 Years. It was called uh, something, 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 60 Years of the Marvel versus DC Battle yes. or something like that. I've talked about the book before. I can't, I don't Block, know why. Not Blockbuster. I'm Slugfest. Slugfest, thank you. Yes, it, yeah. Slugfest was the name. I've talked to you guys about that book. I remember going through Slugfest and going like, I didn't know this. And it just gave me such a deeper appreciation for Stanley, I'm, I'm hoping to see a lot of that stuff covered in here as well. Because, look, I, I mean, his role in the very formations of the comic book industry itself, how it went from a niche little thing like comic books to pop culturally dominant, he was one of the absolute, if not the most driving force behind that. So I'm excited to see this documentary. Anyway, Rob, you saw them finally announce this. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, I think it'll be fun to see. And 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 like that book Slugfest, there's a lot of there's a lot of great information there. The the thing is though, I mean, look at that guy. Um, he still the creation of Marvel Comics was not like Oppenheimer building the atomic bomb, right? <laughs> you know, dudes in in New York in these little rooms in the Marvel bullpen, you know, drawing and writing and. It's pretty exciting. I mean, I think I think what I'm really interested in is Stanley became this figurehead and and it wound up in movies, you know, in the Marvel movies and it's it's going to be interesting to watch how something that I'm sure that they didn't they never expected Spider-Man and the X-Men and Captain America, Thor, whatever to become this juggernaut and over the course of well, since Timely turned into Marvel, let's call it I don't know, 60 years of watching that transform i'm really curious as to how did it affect him personally in his life and times and what did it mean to him 
And I'd love to see them get into that because we've seen him. We've seen interviews with him, but they're always, he's always in showman mode, pitch yeah. mode. I'd love to know more about him as a dude. Like I don't know much about Stanley's real life outside of Marvel. And it'd be interesting to find out. I'm looking forward to it. Chris, what are you, are, are you excited about this? Oh, yeah. were, were you surprised to see this? What are you looking forward oh, to? Oh, not surprised at all. I, I feel like this has been in the works for a while now, but I'm really excited about it. You know, I love Stan Lee. You guys know from Weekly Hero that I'm more of a Make Mine Marvel kind of girl. I really enjoy his work and everything. And I love that he set out to be the next great American novelist and then stumbled into becoming something so much more than that and creating this whole kind of mythos that we're all obviously so engaged in probably much more than than some pieces of great literature this is this is you know the the mecca of ip for so many folks so i'm really looking forward to this and to your point too rob because i've i've met stan lee i had a really nice time talking to him but he was always in that very gregarious showman kind of thing he always was so delightful with fans and everything but i am excited to see a bit of that struggle and everything too and Mm -hmm. see how he took this adversity and took his you know rejection letters from literary publishers Mm. and how he turned that into something because i think that's really what motivates you is seeing how many no's another person got and how they took that and made it success i love seeing those kinds of stories i i one of my favorite moments, like one of the favorite things I've got to do in my career, were like hosting the the Avengers panel with the Avengers cast or hosting a thing, being an MC at, in Hall H at Comic-Con, but like non-event sort of thing. I, I still think to me, one of my favorite moments ever that I've, things that have allowed me to experience in this job, and I don't know if we've got it here. Yeah, there it is. I mean, I think I've showed this picture before, but I got to hang out for an entire evening, I used to throw this party at Comic-Con called the Masters of the Web Party. And this was, we we had this uh, thing called the AMC uh, Film Fanatic Award. And we gave it out to two people that day. We gave one out to Edgar Wright, uh, who was also at the same party, and to Stan Lee. And I I still got to pinch myself that I get to say this. Like, I'm, I'm, I seriously, I got to sat down. He had a private cabana at our rooftop party. And I got to sit down in this cabana for like an hour with Stan Lee, just hearing him tell stories. He was, you're right. He was a showman. Yeah. But he also was a dude. I don't care how old he was. He loved having a good time. Oh yeah. And he was joking around and having fun and talking to everybody. And he's just, it was one of the coolest experiences I ever got to have. And he was really that, he was just that kind of guy, charming and generous and engaging and, and, and personable and just a, just a super dude. Anyway, guys, question is for you. Are you excited for this Stan Lee documentary? We all knew it was going to be coming, but now that it's tangible, the tangibleization is coming. I'm kind of really excited about it. How are you guys feeling about it? What sorts of things do you want to see them cover in it? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right. With that down, let's move on to main topic number three, shall we? Chris, what is our third main topic today? Our third topic comes from Jacob. Hi, John and crew. There's a new rumor making the rounds that Warner Brothers has plans for a complete reboot on the Harry Potter film series and will recast the core characters, including Harry, Ron, and Hermione, in the next three to five years, starting from scratch. How serious should we take these claims? And do you also think this is the worst idea you've ever heard? (laughs) Thanks and bring on the filthy. All right, Jacob, thanks a lot for sending that in. Yeah, I mean, this is something, this is one of those stories that, there's a dozen of these a day. A dozen of these little stories a day that, 
some Gus's gas station movie reviews dot fart site put out something. And of course, that's what the John Candy show. We're one of those two. We're not the Hollywood Reporter or Deadline or the We're Rap a dot or, fart. Yeah, we that's where we are. Yeah. So but at least a dozen <laughs> times a day, there's some little outlandish sounding thing. And we ignore them. Like we we don't talk about them here on the show. But once in a while, one of them kind of catches on and people start echoing it across the the inner sphere right they start echoing it and then a bunch of questions start coming in and i started getting a lot of questions over the holiday week of john did you hear that warner brothers is going to reboot the harry potter franchise and not not new harry potter films i mean reboot with a new harry a new hermione a new ron a new snape all this kind of stuff right all right so the first thing i want to say is with anything there's always a possibility that it's true. I mean, look, one of the things that we do know is that David Zaslav is very serious about the Harry Potter franchise. We know that. We know he's already talked that, that he's talking with JK about wanting to make new films and all that kind of stuff. He is all in on franchises and IP. And listen, after that HBO special on the 20th, it was the 20th anniversary of Harry Potter, right? That 20th Harry's, uh, Harry Potter anniversary special they did, which was, I'm not even a big Potterhead. That was fantastic. Yeah. And you saw the passion for this franchise and all this kind of stuff. It's, listen, it's not unbelievable to think that David Zaslav wants more Harry Potter films. We know he does. So is this possible? It's possible, <laughs> however unlikely. And now the internet is filled with the Dumb and Dumber memes. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> but yeah, it's a one in a million, but it's theoretically possible. But look, um, I don't, personally buy this again i'm not gonna i haven't talked to anybody at warner brothers that has told me this is categorically false just to be clear but to me there is no reason in the world to buy this no reason in the world to buy this at all now some may say but john you you always say you're all for reboots i am but here's the difference harry potter while a 20 year old franchise is still very modern it's still very modern and here's the other problem where somebody might say, well, John, they rebooted Spider-Man like three times in the span of five years. Yeah, yeah, but there's a difference. See, when they rebooted Spider-Man, all the Spider-Man movies were different. This is a book. This is, this is a book. You're talking about the possibility of remaking Harry Potter based on the book. So it's going to be the same movie. But just with different characters, while we still have the actors we identify in those characters still around and all that kind of stuff. I I don't see it. This this is one of those things to me that I can't even believe it's getting echoed. But again, not impossible, not completely impossible, but in terms of likely, this is incredibly unlikely. It makes no logical sense whatsoever. Does David Zaslav want more Harry Potter? Absolutely he does. Are they talking and listen, could Harry Potter be rebooted someday? Yes. But in the next 10, 15 years, I, not gonna happen. So no, I, I really don't see this happening. But again, I'm not going to put a billion dollars on this, but I just don't see it. Chris, you heard this rumor going around. You think it has any validity to it or could you see it happening? What do you think? I mean, I know that he wants to do stuff with the Harry Potter franchise, but I don't think this is it. I really don't because we love these characters and we identify with these three in particular, right? I think that's one of the reasons why the reunion was so successful is not only that nostalgia factor, but again, we grew up with these characters. We grew up with this franchise. We know this core group of individuals. People still very much see, you know, Severus Snape as Alan Rickman. You know, these are iconic characters played by people who, for the most part, 
are still alive and still perceived as young actors. You know, they're in their 30s. Yeah. So it seems really odd to reboot them and not have them be part of it. Or or we'd have some weird thing where then all of a sudden they're the professors. Ooh, how novel. How exciting. They're the parents. Ooh, I don't like that personally. I think that you just have to keep mining through the IP if you want to do something with it. You know, uh, skirting around the controversy that comes with J.K. Rowling, you know, the Fantastic Beast franchise that petered off. There was a lot of drama that came with that, too, because of the cast. Um, but you do have other stories coming out. There's the Hogwarts Legacy game that's going to be released soon. Again, there's controversy around that that we won't get into. But that's a story that involves a fifth year student, I believe, in 1890. That could be really cool. It could be really fun to see Hogwarts in different times. Maybe do something with the ghosts within there and learn about their demise or learn about why they're in the school. Talk about the other professors. Talk about a different decade. There's a whole bunch you can do with a magical school. You don't need to be just these characters. True, but I I, I would say this, mm -hmm. that I think there are more fans of Harry Potter than there are of the Wizarding World. Oh, totally right? fair. So I think, and that's one of the other reasons I don't buy this. I'm glad you brought that up. It, one of the re other reasons I don't buy this is because I think they have to understand if you try to do a new Harry Potter without that cast, the fan base will revolt. Mm -hmm. I, I think they've got to understand you've got to take the temperature in the room. The fan base revolt because I think contrary to you and you know more about Harry Potter than I do. So I will defer to you. I'm just going to tell you, <laughs> even though I'm probably wrong, I think what the, the Harry Potter fan base wants, and that's the group that David Zaslav really wants to mine into. I think if you took, again, not our little nerd circle, but the worldwide audience, I think what they want is more of this cast. They want yeah. to see these characters return. They want to see Hermione. They want to see Ron. They want to see Harry. They want to see these characters. And again, you can do other movies without those characters, like the ones you creatively brought up. But I don't think what they, and some will accept that, but I do not think they will accept new actors. Well, and then you pop roles. back into that then, right? Go explore that time between the Harry Potter books and then Cursed Child, when Harry is an aura, when Hermione is making her way through the ministry, you know, when Ginny is becoming a professional Quidditch player. Go look at those stories because they're the right age yeah. for those. So then you can do stuff with that. I Rob, feel, oh, oh, go ahead. Go, no, I got it, Jonathan. Well, just real quick, I just feel like the roadmap is kind of Star Wars too, because when you recast Han, recast, you know, Lando, which he was more accepted, it, it puts you on shaky ground, and that could be kind of a roadmap for recasting these beloved characters. Yeah. Yeah. Rob, you're hearing all this. I don't know. Do you, do you think there could be some solid validity to the, to the rumor? No. And John, I'll tell you why. I think it's 2023, and you know what it's time for? It's time for a Star Trek reference. And my Star Trek <laughs> reference is... When they went and made Star Trek The Motion Picture, you know, you had this cast that was in a fairly, I mean, a, a show that was never really successful. They rebooted the movies in 1979, and they brought the original cast back. And that original cast moved through middle age making Star Trek movies. They made six Star Trek movies for over a decade. And I think, as you pointed out, we still love these characters. We still love Harry Potter. We still love Hermione. I mean, we st who, who doesn't? And, and Ron Weasley, I mean, look at those guys together. They're I can the, watch a Lovegood spinoff movie, <gasps> to be honest with you. Love I Luna. love that character. I honestly think that what's going to happen is J.K. Rowling is going to start a new series of Harry Potter books about Harry Potter in his 30s uh, or whatever, and they're going to make those movies. And I think that's what, that's what they want to do. And right now we're in the midst of, look at how well Tom Cruise did in Maverick. You know, you bring these characters back a little a little older, a little more seasoned. And what it does is it speaks to the core audience of this franchise that grew up reading the books. Because 
the Harry, Harry Potter was always a reflection. I mean, I did read the first, uh, I read his Philosopher's Stone, but Harry Potter is a reflection of its core audience. And as they grew up reading those books, Harry Potter and Hermione and Ron, they, they grew up too. Their audience, the core audience, the people that read those first books, they want to see, I'm in my 30s now, whatever happened to Harry Potter? You could easily do another eight movies. And if J.K. Rowling's writing the books, that extends what happens when a wizard gets into his 30s and 40s. What does it mean? And I'll tell you something. I think that's exciting. And I think that's what the audience, that's the way you handle a franchise. They buy a hot rod broom. Hot rod broom, middle age. No, that's in his 40s and 50s. Yeah. But I, but I really think, I mean, it'd be really interesting. I think it'd be really interesting. I would love that that idea appeals to me. And these actors, they still look great. They grew into themselves. I think it'd make a great franchise. And, you know, as Daniel Radcliffe has tried all kinds of different things, look at his performance in Weird. So good. I mean, all so he's done is become a great actor. Well, and he credits that to the third film, working with Gary Oldman. Well, there you go. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's what they should do. Yeah. I wonder how like how popular are the novels with new generations of kids because that could be a driving factor in like maybe 10 years, you know, but a, a lot of parents are still sharing that the people who are now parents are sharing those books yeah. with their kids now. It, it's it's kind of crazy the popularity of this franchise which even again watching that special they did in HBO Max. I realized just how beloved it was with a lot of people. So I don't know, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Number one, do you believe the rumor going around? None of us believe it, but we're not discounting the possibility, maybe, uh, highly unlikely. But do you think they could get away with something like that? Would the general fandom of Harry Potter accept new actors playing those roles? Should they go back? Should they try other avenues, much like they did with the Fantastic Beasts franchise? Should they tell the stories of the now older original characters that we followed for 20 years? I don't know. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your Thoughts. All right, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number four here, shall we? Chris, what is our fourth main topic today? This one is from Jackson. Hey, John, I just read a report that says Avatar The Way of Water will pass the $1.48 billion mark of Top Gun Maverick by the end of Monday night. You and Rob told us never doubt James Cameron. Hey, I did too. <laughs> and it looks like you were right. How big of a deal is this? And can it actually hit the $2 billion mark? I mean, only five films in history have ever done it. Can it get there? All right, Jackson, thanks a lot for saying that in. And uh, yeah, where are all those people who've been saying for the last two years, no one's going to see the new Avatar? It's got no pop culture footprint. No pop culture <laughs> footprint. Although, granted, there, there is some truth to that, right? Like, like, I've always said, you look at Halloween. If you want to know what's making a real pop culture footprint, watch, look, see what happens on Halloween. Because like, there were people dressed up as Navi for the first year, Halloween or two after the movie came out, but I don't see it anymore. It's a big commitment to go blue. It yeah. is. But you see a lot of nurse jokers. Thinking of Arrested Development now. <laughs> yeah. Blew me. You see a lot of those things. But again, the general principle, never doubt James Cameron. This movie went up in box office from week two to week three. A couple of films did that this week, again, the, the holiday weekend, but still... The box office did not drop from week two to week three. It went up for this. And now if we can bring up my screen on this right now, right now, as of this moment, now this is as of the end of yesterday, but right now, Avatar The Way of Water is sitting at one, basically 1.4 billion, $1.397 billion already 
after just his third weekend. Top Gun Maverick, what did we say the number was there for, for Top Gun Maverick? 1.48? 1.48. Top Gun Maverick is 1.48. The, the article that I read, the report that I read, is by the end of today. Today is when it officially happens. Avatar The Way of Water will pass Top Gun Maverick to be the number one box office film of 2022. So there's two thoughts that come to my mind. One is unbelievable. I mean, again, a lot of people have said, do not doubt James Cameron. And I said, no one's going to see Avatar 2. Nobody cares about Avatar 2. All that kind of stuff. Well, here we are. It's going to be the number one film of the year. A lot of people said it'll never catch Top Gun Maverick. After the surprise success of Top Gun Maverick, they'll never catch Top Gun Maverick. Never doubt James Cameron. And here we are after just three weekends. And guess what? It's got a lot more to go. The second thing that stands out to me is this. I have said forever that this movie will cross the billion dollar mark, probably be around 1.5, 1.6 billion. I said, I don't see it hit $2 billion. Guess what? I mean, it still has $600 million to go. Look at that international number. It still has $600 million to go. That, by the way, for those keeping count, that's uh, two Black Adams. It still has like two Black Adams to go to hit $2 billion. But I'll tell you what, like as somebody who said, yeah, it's going to be a big hit, it's going to hit 1.5, 1.6, but I don't see it hitting two. I'm nervous because at this rate, and who knows if it'll keep up the pace. Like we don't know. Again, it still does have a long way to go. But I'll tell you what, even I, Somebody who doubted the $2 billion mark, like the person who wrote in pointed out, only five films in history have crossed the $2 billion mark. I'll tell you what, I would not, today I would not put money against it hitting that $2 billion mark. And guess what? This movie deserves it. This was a fabulous movie. I think this movie improved in every aspect over the original. I think it was a better story. I think it was better character development. I was taken more in by the lore. The visuals were even better. It was a more exciting film. This film took all the success, the things that they did right with the first Avatar, which I didn't think was the greatest film of all time, but I thought it was a very good movie. And they've improved it in every aspect. And so I, I still wouldn't put money on it crossing $2 billion, but I would no longer put money against it crossing $2 billion. But again, Avatar, it happens officially today, a little bit later in the day. But this, it's, good. it's officially now going to be the number one film of 2022. Now, I can already hear a lot of people saying, and let's back this up a bit. But, John, it's 2023 now. It doesn't count. Yes, it does. Um, when you count, when we look at uh, Aquaman, the Aquaman movie, and where it ranks in that year's box office, even though it came out in December, by coming out in December, Aquaman came out that year. What year was that? 2017, 2018? I can't remember exactly. Uh uh, Taylor, look up I think that. Back. 2018. 2018. Christmas. Sure. Of yeah, 2018. 2018. So you take whenever the official release date is, the movie counts as that year. Okay, so Aquaman's total box office and where it ranks for that year is its total box office, even the box office made after the new year. So that's how it counts. It counts as that. So yeah, Avatar: The Way of Water, number one film of the year. I, I think that's going to shock some people. For some other people, it's going to be they saw it coming the whole time. Um. And, and well then again, I can't think of a of a more deserving film to, to hit that mark. That's incredible. That's amazing. And maybe that $2 billion might be in reach at this point. Anyway, Chris, you see these numbers. <laughs> that's a lot of money. Yeah. 
Well, Manny, what's, what's your takeaway from this? It makes sense to me. This is the movie that I bet on at CinemaCon, you know, back in yep. April. Yes, it was. When people were playing this game, hey, Tiffany, what's up? Of which is going to be the box office dominator. I said Avatar 2. And here we are. I think people were just assuming that interest would be lost in this. And it tells a great story. It's visually stunning. I'm with you, Jonathan. Some of the motion smoothing in this did not work for me. Um, but I, I thought overall this was a really wonderful film. And I think, too... It's had great legs. People have waited to see kind of how other people have responded to it. It's been doing really well at the box office. I'm not surprised one bit by this news. Rob, you, you see this. I mean, look, even if the if it were to end today, gets pulled from theaters today, Avatar The Way of Water makes $1.4 billion. That's impressive enough. After its third weekend, by the way, uh, according to Box Office Mojo, it is the fourth, what did it say? The fourth highest third weekend in history that this movie made in its third weekend. I can't remember exactly how much money it made this past weekend, but it was in the 60-something millions. Fourth highest third weekend in history. Uh, number one, uh, what's your reaction to this? And where do you put its odds of hitting that $2 billion mark that even as somebody who thought this movie was going to be hit, I doubted. What do you think? As we've been talking on this channel for four years now, I never bet against James Cameron, but I think what people forget about this movie when they discuss it is while... It might not live in your imagination the way Star Wars does as a franchise. What the Avatar films have delivered is, as you say, John, movies are experiential events. Yeah. No one delivers an experiential event in the theater more than James Cameron. Yeah, he's the king of it. Whether he's going to sink a boat or whether he's going to take you to Pandora or whether he's going to give you a metallic Terminator that's indestructible, whatever he gets you in the theater, even the abyss, um, he provides a theatrical experience that is second to none. You really feel like, talk about getting your money's worth. You really do. You go through something with him when he sees, when you see a James Cameron film. And it's unlike any other movie. And I think what, what people are responding to, especially even coming out of the pandemic, everyone's looking for that. They want to see that. And he delivers that bigger and, and, and better than anybody. So I think not only is it going to make $2 billion, if you look at that international number, it's almost past a billion dollars internationally alone. Yeah. And it's going to keep going because people are, are going to the movies to experience. And you know what? The undercurrent of family in this movie. I mean, before it was Jake Sully and Natiri and the people, the, the almighty Kai. Uh, but this is, it's a family. It's a, it's a father, a, a mother, an adoptive child and the rest of their children. And it, it appeals on a level. I mean, that was the funny thing that surprised me about this movie was how family oriented it was. And I think that also cannot be underestimated in terms of why this movie works for people. Guys, the question is for you. Uh, it looks like later today, uh, at least that's what they're projecting so far right now, that later today, Avatar, the way of water will cross Top Gun Maverick, which uh, Astounding achievement for Paramount with Top Gun Maverick uh, is going to pass it to become the number one box office film of 2022 after less than three full weeks, which is pretty damn impressive. What do you think about that? Are you surprised by that? Do you think it's got the legs now? It still has 600 million more to go, but I mean, can it get to that $2 billion mark? I mean, I'm having to relook at my position on that because I've said for a long time, I think it would be a hit, but I didn't think it could get to 2 billion. Look at it now. How do you like me now, says James Cameron. What do you guys think about this? Whatever your thoughts are, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your 
thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, we're now going to go on and take some live questions from our channel members. If you are a channel member of The John Campia Show, you can look in the community tab, and the top post in the community tab is asking for your questions. Go ahead and leave your questions in the form of comments there, and we will get to as many of those as we can after we take a quick break here to thank a couple of the sponsors of this episode of The John Campia Show, our friends at the delicious HelloFresh, and of course, our main sponsors, the good folks, Ryan Reynolds and his company, Mint Mobile. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of this video, HelloFresh. Guys, you know, me and my wife, Anne, are both working professionals, and so sometimes coordinating dinner time can be a real pain. But with HelloFresh, it makes dinner time fun, easy, and nutritious. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Now, guys, we've all got New Year's resolutions and New Year's goals and HelloFresh is here to help you achieve them. Skip the grocery store and take control of your time and budget with delicious recipes delivered right to your door. With HelloFresh, you get fast and fresh recipes. HelloFresh's latest line of meals featuring robust flavors and filling portions are ready in less than 15 minutes. Enjoy taste and quality done quick with recipes like falafel power bowls, seared steak and potatoes with Bernays sauce, or Southwest pork and bean burritos. So guys, go to HelloFresh.com slash Campia 21 and use the promo code Campia 21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash Campia 21 and use the promo code Campia 21. Guys, we want to thank a sponsor of this video, Mint Mobile. This holiday season, the best deal in wireless can only be found at Mint Mobile. Right now, when you switch to Mint Mobile and buy any three-month plan, you get another three months for free. Mint Mobile lets you order and activate from home with eSIM while saving tons on phone plans starting at just $15 a month. You guys know I've been using Mint Mobile long before this holiday deal and I have to say it is the perfect time to switch. I have absolutely loved using Mint Mobile and like I've told you guys many times, I am now spending less than one third of what I used to spend under one of the other major mobile carriers. And now with the whole buy three months, get three months free deal, it's even better. All of their plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and switch easily and effortlessly with eSIM. Or if you need a new device, for a limited time, get six months of free service when you buy a select device and plan. So guys, for a limited time, buy any three-month Mint Mobile plan and get three more months for free by going to mintmobile.com campia. That's mintmobile.com mintmobile.com slash campia. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash campia. And thank you to our friends at HelloFresh and Mint Mobile for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. All right, guys, with that down, let's get into some of the uh, anniversary, monthly anniversary chats that our members sent in. What do we got up here first? All right. One sec. Anytime now. <laughs> Any moment. <laughs> Nope, not that one. It's oh. the, the, the pre-sentence ones. Okay. Oh, I got you. Uh -huh. So that's on you. All right. So first up, we have Corbin C. who says, prayers up for Jeremy Renner. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, all of our best thoughts and wishes to him. Hopefully, mm -hmm. uh, when they're saying that he's in stable but critical condition, hopefully they're not just being optimistic. Hopefully that's exactly what he is right now. All right, what's next? All right, next up is uh, Wizard74 who says, hey, y'all. 
Oh, hey. Well, thank hey. you. Hey, y'all back at you. Next one so far. Hey, y'all. All right. Next up, a little bit more complicated, comes to us from Orlando Orego, who says, happy 2023. Thought I had to cancel my membership, but I got a raise at work. Congratulations. Oh, Congratulations on that. That's so always good for still be able to support the channel. Love the show and bring on the filthy. Oh, thank you so much, man. And a big, huge appreciation to all everybody who are channel members. We did a channel, last week we did a channel member town hall meeting talking about going into the new year and stuff like that. And again, what I said in that town hall meeting, it's, it's, uh, we are so grateful for those of you who are channel members. So thank you so much for that and happy 2023 to you as well, my friend. All right, what's next? All right, so next up comes to us from uh, Ben Rainer, Remembered, who says, oh. hi, John, there's a scammer on your community tab impersonating you, by the way, reported him as such already. Yeah, see, that that's a YouTube-wide thing going on there. Mm -hmm. Like, if you see a thing that it looks like it's my, they use, th this is happening on thousands and thousands and thousands of YouTube channels. Mm -hmm. If you see a comment from somebody using my, my uh, avatar, and it says, just send me a Telegram message or whatever, right. that is a common scam that's been going on for a number of months across tens of thousands of YouTube channels. I, I trust my audience is smart enough to know the difference. All right, what's next? All right, next up is uh, Rafael Castillo, who says, Happy New Year, folks. Happy New Year, Rafael. Happy New Year to everybody again. Weird. I, the first show of the year. I'm very yeah. excited about that. All right, what's next? Um, it's Zante, who says, I like the new sponsor video brew format. Oh, yeah. Um, so, wait a second. The new what? Um, sponsor video brew format. I'm not sure what, what brew format means. I'm not sure mm. what he means either. I don't Thank you anyway. All right, what's next? All right, Ron H., who says, wanted to give a special mention to member Ben Rayner, who recently passed. Thank you, Ben, for helping make the community what it is. Yeah, and, and we're going to mention something a little bit later about that. But, you know, I put up, a, for those you didn't see, I put up a post about that. But again, we'll talk about that a little bit later. All right, what's next? All right, Wade Kilman, who says, I'm highlighted. <laughs> Mom, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Wade. Big achievement, big achievement. Thank you, man. You All right, it. what's next? Uh, Black Rice 19 who says, part of the reason why I think Wakanda Forever is... Being out on Disney Plus now is for awards consideration. They want the buzz for uh, Angela Bassett and technical awards like score, costume design to be seen. No, uh, because by that time, by, by January 20th, the initial round of the various branches of the Academy putting forth their nominees, that's already going to be done. The announcement, I, the announcement might actually be made by then, actually. But so, no, probably not. This is just fitting within their normal window, so it really doesn't have anything to do with the Oscar buzz. But it's a good theory, though. It's a good theory. All right, what's next? All right, next up is Robert Perez, who says, I was saddened to hear about the passing of our fellow uh, community member, Ben Rayner. Um, I didn't know him personally, but always enjoyed his insight on movies. Rest well, buddy. Yeah, very, very always active chatting amongst the other members. Again, we're going to mention yeah. something about that a little bit later. All right, what's next? All right, next up is for Rob. This one comes from Callum. Rob, I haven't seen Picard season one and two. Do I need to watch them for season three? I heard they're Ooh. quite bad, but are they necessary to watch? Yeah, don't don't listen to anybody who tells you season one is bad. Season two wasn't all that great. But, but that's a good question, Rob, because I, you have seen it, I have not. Is this one of those things that you can bypass season one and two and just go right into it or do you does it build on other uh yes things? you can now there are mentions of things one in particular that people might be like what what and and there is a little bit of a subplot but you'll glean what you need to know contextually from the show you really it's it's a totally so different it's, show so it's a to it can be an entry point yes totally it, it feels different everything about picard season three is different other than at the very beginning there's a character people might ask who that is but other than that no all right. Good to know. What's next? All right. Next up is Never Lose Your Nerd. Happy New Year. And I'm having my John Campia baby today after nine months of membership. Here's to oh, many wow. more. Aww. And love the channel as always. 
know what's funny? I just had dinner uh, in Las Vegas this weekend with uh, with Soul, who was the guy who got our membership channel, our, our channel, pardon me, our channel membership up and running. He's the guy who actually was the architect of our channel membership stuff and I had dinner with him this weekend. So it's like, it's funny to think that we've been doing it for that long with, so thank you for being a channel member for your one baby anniversary. Appreciate that. Man. We should make a John Campy, a baby emoji. If you've been a member for <laughs> nine months, then you can get access to that emoji <laughs> and you can use it. In chat. That's actually not a bad, that's not I know, a bad right? one. John Campy, a baby. <laughs> All right. What's next? I want one t-shirt. All right. Next up is Francisco Gomez Vega, who says, just wanted to wish, a great year to this amazing crew. It's been years following John on his various iterations. Pure delight. Greetings from Chile. Oh, mm -hmm. thank you so much. I, I always get a big kick. I, I get a big kick out of hearing for all the people who've watched this for any period of time, but particularly from people who watch from international yeah. places that I've never been. It's just so weird to think that there's somebody in Chile watching our content right now. Dude, thanks so much for that because it makes us feel really special. All right, what's next? All right, next up is Raymond Verada who says, what do you think about AI writing and directing films? Well, they need a separate category for awards. I don't think awards. it'll. I don't. I honestly don't think it'll actually happen. I mean, <laughs> they, they need to be good first. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so I. <laughs> I don't actually think that will happen. No. To be honest with you, there's just certain things that it won't be able to capture. But listen, it, it is impressive what it's able to do. But I don't think we'll get to a point where we're going to see like good movies. Like somebody will make it as a novelty. Somebody will make it like a Steven Soderbergh, who's who's like really into making like some experimental films. Somebody will make one of those as a novelty, but I, I don't think you're going to see I, like good ones. Made. It'll be like drunk history. <laughs> well, I think point. we're going to get AI generated script that somebody directs first. Somebody's going to make. Yeah, I think as a novelty. Yeah, I think somebody will do that as yeah. a novelty. All right. How many more do we have to go here? Uh, like four. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> all right. Mr. 47 says, Happy New Year's all. Rest in peace, Ben Rayner. Prayers up for his family and a speedy recovery to Mr. Renner. All right. Thanks a lot for that, man. Appreciate that. What's next? All right. Alejandro Flores Rosales says, will the lawsuit affect Morbius? How the trailer had a mural of Spider-Man and the skyline of the amazing Spider-Man. None of those things were in the movie. Yes, they were. Yeah. The, the scene where he walked down the alley and that thing. Yeah, that was that was all there. And again, wasn't an actor who didn't appear. Even if the scene with the mural on the wall wasn't there, that's literally just a piece of set deck that's a that that would have been irrelevant but no like he that scene where he walked down the alleyway and that's it that was in there and they never said spider-man was in the movie they never now if they had put andrew garfield in the trailer and then they didn't that would be different but no this doesn't affect that at all all right what's next all right next up is cinema my final 2022 theater experience was seeing Avatar 2. From what I saw of it, it was great, but about halfway through, I fell asleep. My first theater experience of 2023 will now be Avatar 2 again. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last and the first. Ray, you found your, your spirit animal. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, listen. I, true story, I had to go to the bathroom twice during Avatar The Way of Water. I was impressed. I didn't go at all. Me neither. Mm. I, I had to go twice. And I do not have a small bladder, like at all. But well, it's not I, the size of your bladder. But I did, I drink a lot of soda when I'm at the movie theater. So I get the, the big thing and I'm through it in about a half hour. Uh, I ended, And then when I went out to the bathroom the first time, I did a quick refill as well. Oh. And then I had to go to the bathroom a second time. So I probably missed about two minutes of the movie in total. All right, what's next? All right, this is our last one. This one comes to us from Mark. Uh, Gomans, who says, Happy New Year, crew. Saw early screenings of Megan, oh yeah, and Operation uh Oh Fortune, Ruse de Guerre. That's how I'm going to pronounce it last night. Surprised I actually like the latter more. You know what's funny? We were talking about this before the show started. If any of you guys did watch the college football playoff this weekend, they 
the studio is doing what they did for Smile. If you remember for Smile, they went to certain sporting events and put people in camera line, people in the in the crowd who were in camera line, like behind home plate, with a girl who just sit there with the smile on, right? And they did that as a way to, to promote the film. It was brilliant and it caught on. They did the same thing with Megan. They had these five girls sitting all beside each other, all dressed as Megan with the makeup on and everything, doing these cold stares. It's like, well, that's going to get people asking, what the hell is that? Yeah. It's promoting this new movie. What movie? Megan. I'm, I'm excited about seeing this. You saw it, though, Chip. You're the only one who's seen yeah. this movie already. You really World enjoyed premiere. it, right? Megan was lit. I'm telling you, I know I said this on an open mic, but drag queens around the world, they're going to unite and they're all going to be Megan. <laughs> it's going to be a Wait, Did you see it with them? No. no. Oh, I thought maybe you I saw know. it with, with Taylor. I love oh. Taylor, but not enough to go to a horror movie. Oh, that's right. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. But I, I'm excited to see Megan. And was that the last one? Uh, we just got one more in right now. Let me see. I just screenshotted it. So this one comes from uh, Jojo Pons. By the way, if I mispronounced anyone's name, uh, now you legally have to change it to the way I pronounced it. That's just how it's spoke <laughs> now. Happy New Year, guys. Shout out from the Philippines. Do you think James Gunn will have Mr. Mixfits uh, in his new Superman movie? I don't know how to say that either. So. Uh, it's like mix Yeah, mix everybody says it a little bit differently. Yeah. Listen, I would normally say no, but ta hey, I mean, it's James Gunn. It's it, it, he, the guy who did Polka Dot Man. Starro, buddy. And Starro yeah. could Brother. very well do a Mr. Mixelplex. I, like I, I mean, I would not put anything by him. Uh, and for those, hopefully I didn't just get us monetized for swearing in Tagalog. But um, yeah, I, I don't. I'll still say no, but I wouldn't put it past James Gunn. <laughs> I totally wouldn't put it past him. All right. Let's get over to uh, the live ones that uh, our other channel yeah. members have sent in. We've got a, f a time for a few more. So what do we got? From Brian Meadows. Hey, guys, just wanted to say thank you for what you do. I've had my struggles with mental health in the last couple of years, and you guys have helped me get through the worst. Now I'm much better with a new wonderful relationship, therapy, and preparing to restart my YouTube channel. Oh, nice. And thank you, John, for being one of my very first YouTube inspirations. Oh, well, thanks so much. For, first of all, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Because look, I, I've said this. I've said this many times. But let me say it again here, because Brian, you just gave us a great opening to say this. We have no stigma when we talk about getting in better physical shape. When we say, I want to go to the gym or I want to lose weight. And you take steps to either start some kind of uh, like start eating more healthy. You start going to the gym to try to get yourself more healthy. We applaud that. We celebrate that. I don't know why we, particularly men, have this stigma attached to trying to get ourselves more mentally healthy and realizing that, hey, mentally, I'm a little out of shape right now because we all we all hit that point. Right. And I love the fact that more and more, particularly men, because women seem to be better at this than we are, but particularly more and more men are saying, hey, yeah, I've had some struggles with my mental health and I need to take steps to get healthier. And just like physically, there are steps you can take with, you know, with eating healthier, getting to the gym, getting more exercise, getting in your 10,000 steps, whatever. There are steps we can take as men. Speak to people, get some help, all that kind of stuff. I love the fact that we're seeing more and more men have the, the security in their masculinity to say, hey, you know what? Just like I'm struggling with my beer gut right now, I'm struggling with my mental health right now. I'm going to take some steps to prove it. And I think we need to get to the point where we start celebrating that 
as much as we celebrate when somebody's saying, you know what, I'm getting to the gym more regularly now. Mm -hmm. We need to celebrate that because we all go through it. I'm glad that you're the type of man that can say that out loud because it destigmatizes it for other men to say, well, you know what, maybe I can acknowledge it too. And maybe I can take some steps to get myself into a better place mentally. I think that's great. And may you have a great 2023, man. All right, what's next? From Jay Master. Hey, Happy New Year. I would love to give a big shout out to the John Campion community member, Ben Rayner. Loved whenever he had a great super chat interesting question. My best thoughts and prayers are with his family. Rest in peace, Ben. You will be truly missed. All right. Thanks for sending that in, Jay Master. Appreciate mm -hmm. that. All right. What's also, next? Zelda Master, I think we skipped. Right oh, there. shoot. Sorry. Zelda Master 702. Just want to continue the love for Ben. He truly encapsulated the best of movie fandom and his constant engagement will be missed. Thank you for that. All right, what's next? From Jared Vester. Hey, crew, missed all of you. Oh, thanks, Jared. I'm really excited for Studio B. The play and chat was very entertaining, even if Rob is terrible at Mario Kart. <laughs> oh, hold my beer, Bobbert. I'm so bad at it. Okay, first of all, that was my first experience playing Mario Kart ever oh. on that platform. That, the, well, yeah, you played fine. other versions of Mario yeah, Kart, but never, earlier, never that, earlier no, never Mario 8. Not yet, not, uh, very early. I haven't played Mario Kart in years. Oh, man. And I, 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 I held my own. By the way, in. we none of us in here are self-proclaimed pro gamers no like we are we're going to play yeah. some games when we do our open mics that we are all going to be terrible at so if, if you like if you're watching to just watch along with friends talking about movies or playing video games great if you're tuning in to watch how some pros play a video game you are in the wrong place by the way get me on ssx what well, i'll show you what is SSX? oh that's uh -oh. Snowboarding, game. snowboarding game oh playstation get him on <laughs> one that's there we go not, not stop that and ssx tricky all right, what's next? It is sometimes tricky. <laughs> She's back. <laughs> From uh, Jugamundo. Happy New Year's. Love everyone on the crew and all that you do. Thank oh, you, Jugamundo. Appreciate that, man. All right. From Alan S. Happy 2023, John, Rob, Chris, Ray, Jonathan, and Taylor. I'm glad you guys are back. Looking forward to watching the show in 2023. It was funny. I was talking to Anne last night about I am oddly excited about getting back to the show tomorrow. I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed having a couple of days off. It was only a couple of days off. I was actually in the office four out of the nine days that we didn't officially have a show. But still, I, I was like last night as I was getting the show notes ready, I was like a particular excitement about getting back in and joining you guys in the community. So thank you for that, man. All right. What's next? From Alan. Oh, from Amin. Hey, crew, and Happy New Year. Just want to give a toast out to Ben, a great member of the community who will be dearly missed but never forgotten. Quote, in my culture, death is not the end. Rest in peace, friend. Oh, thanks. I, I love hear, hearing all that stuff being shouted out. Yeah. All right, what's next? From Arun Andith. Hope you had a great New Year, John, Rob, and Chris. My question to you is, do you think we'll ever see Morbius and Michael Keaton's Vulture again? Uh, I... Michael Keaton's Vulture, yes. I think we will see that character again. Morbius, no. Uh, I, I Look, Sony showed with The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which I loved the first Amazing Spider-Man, the one with Andrew Garfield. And I thought there was redeeming qualities. I, I, I didn't think Amazing Spider-Man 2 was a train wreck, but it was, it was a big step down. Sony has exhibited that when they know they drop the ball, they tend to not show up on that court again. <laughs> like they were like, okay, let's move away from that. I think they know that Morbius was a big dropped ball. I do not think they're going to reference Morbius again. I don't think we're going to see Morbius again. I mean, you never know, but I, I would say no. Rob, what do you think? I don't think so. 
unless they somehow need to use them in secret wars or something. But I don't think I don't think they will. Do you can you I mean, look, I know how you feel about Morbius. No Morbin time to die. No Morbin time to die. Nope. Just yeah, there he goes across the board. No, mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to see more. What, what about Michael Keaton's Vulture, though? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think so, too. He was well received. Everyone likes Michael Keaton. Let's go. All right. Yeah. What's next? Dead Morbining. <laughs> From a Sith Lord. The Eternals was the first film I saw going back into the theater after COVID, and I'm glad I got to experience it in the theater first, which is why I love the film every time I revisit it. I find more captivating than ever before uh, Kirby's vision really came to life. Oh, sorry. You know what? It, it was... Again, there was this hype going around. Robin, I remember you and I talked about this a lot. We had all heard that that inside there were there were people, this was a fact. There were people inside Marvel saying, "We think this is the best film Marvel's ever made." So there was a lot of hype going into Eternals. And of course, you had at the time the reigning defending uh best director in the world. She she was uh, you know, she was the reigning Academy Award winner for best director off of Nomadland. So there's a lot of hype going into it. And it was not that. It it was not anywhere near the best i mean in our opinion it was nowhere near the best mcu film of all time or or anything like that but it has become one of those films that every time i see it i remember the next time i saw it after it first came out because i saw it a couple times the first week it came out and before it came out but then it was a couple of months and i watched it again on a flight going come back from canada going to canada i remember thinking this is better than i remember and then i watched it again a month or two after that and again i went this is better than i remember and I, it just seems to be a film I'm growing in my appreciation for. And, and again, according to that one article I read, a really well-written article on uh, on Screaming, I think there are a lot of people who are, reali- are rediscovering Eternals going, you know what, this is better than we thought initially. I don't know, Rob, your thoughts. Because you really you really appreciated the movie, even the first I time. Did. I did. I mean, I, the whole Chariots of the Gods angle and all that, I loved growing up. But I, you know what I think it is? I think the character interplay... And the storyline feels very different than an MCU movie. Yeah, it was very different for an MCU. And I think it hits people. Look, once you sort of distance yourself from the fact that it's an MCU movie, and again, watch it like a science fiction film, it becomes fascinating to watch. And the idea of characters questioning their deity and 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 how they're dealing with one another. And, and their own existence. And their own existence. It's really interesting. And I think that at first... When you first watch it, you're like, how does this fit into the wider, larger MCU? And what's going on with the Celestials and all that? It doesn't really, it's not really, it's detached. So when you're watching it without the expectation that it's going to fit into this larger meta narrative or whatever, when you when you watch it on its own terms, I think it's much more enjoyable. Because tell, tell me what you think about this statement. If I make this statement. Eternals is what an MCU movie would have been if Stanley Kubrick had directed an MCU film? It would have been something, I, I, that's not too far away from the mark. I mean, it would have been interesting to see, I think he would have leaned more into the questioning of God and what is what is your relationship, more like 2001, and there would have been, I think he would have gotten rid of the deviance entirely. But I think there's something to be said, John. I think that would, now that's a movie I wish I could see. <laughs> All right, let's set, we have got time for a couple more here. What's next? Um, from Mickey Shuey. John, thanks for everything and all you do. Uh, all the best for your crew, uh, you and your crew this year. Your words inspired me to start a movie and TV-focused newsletter that launched yesterday. Nice. Congrats. I ran the wrap yesterday, a column that suggested canceling the Oscars, at least the show, for a few years as a... Go ahead and oh. click read more on that. Oh, sorry. Here you go. Yeah. 
as a means to save it uh, in the long run, make viewers miss the show. What's your take on that? And given the fact that the Oscars are still a major TV draw, albeit less so now than in years past, is there an actual need to save the Oscars? Mm. Thanks. Here's the, here's the thing. There's two things about the Oscars. First of all, number one, the Oscars this year are going to be the highest rated Oscars they've had in a few years. I mean, obviously, we've had, it's been a very tumultuous couple of years. Uh, number one right there. Number two is people, particularly movie fans, forget that the Oscars are not the show broadcast, right? What the Oscars are, their relevancy and what they mean are not just the show. The Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences is a year-round important organization in the world of film and all that kind of stuff. And then they televise their big event at the end of the year, which by the way, even though in recent years with COVID and everything else going on around it, it took major hits in its viewership. Even its major hits in viewership still make it one of the most widely watched broadcasts in the world. Don't forget how big this thing still is. It's still monstrous. But even if they didn't televise it. Like, how many people watch the presentation of the MVP of the NFL? Not you a, know I do. <laughs> not, <laughs> not an ass ton of people. But guess what? The relevancy of who won the MVP in the NFL that year is always the talk amongst sports fans, right? Even though not a lot of people, if anybody, actually watches whatever broadcast there is of that. doesn't matter. So, I mean, listen, I think it would be a mistake. I said... 2020, I said they should not have done an Oscar broadcast that year. And I was right. They shouldn't have done an Oscar broadcast that year. I think that was definitely a year they shouldn't have done a broadcast. But now, like this year where we had three films hit join the billion dollar club in Top Gun Maverick, uh, Avatar The Way of Water, and Jurassic World uh, Dominion. You had three films hit the billion dollar mark this year, this past year. This is the year you try to get things back on track. So I disagree with them that this is the year to not do it. This will be bigger numbers than it has been the last few years. I think this is the year that they try to build on success. And then hopefully next year, once we have a full regular year of films, it will be even bigger than that. And we'll see how that all turns out. But again, I've had like a list of 20 suggestions that they need to implement to make the show more watchable. And hopefully they do it. If they don't, then who knows? All right. What's next? From uh, Stefan De Lint Waters. Waters? Waters, I'm so yeah. sorry, you guys. Uh, Happy New Year, crew. I, too, came around on Eternals. I didn't like it much after my first viewing, but I came to love it, and now it's my most rewatched MCU film. And, and it's funny, Stefan, you're not alone. I, I mean, there are more and more people I hear from all the time that are saying, you know what? I thought Eternals was okay, and now I really quite like it. Or some people say, you know, I didn't like it the first time, but now I do. It's it's really interesting to see that type of reaction. Thanks for sharing yours. By the way, I think we I think missed one on Ryan, top of that. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Trabuco, Happy New Year. Did y'all catch up on any movies or shows during the holidays? I'm making my way through season three of For All Mankind. It's fantastic. Yeah. And by the way, uh, producer Jonathan, you've been getting, you're, you're all the way like into season three now, aren't you? I'm starting season three now. I haven't officially started yet. I completed season one and two uh, over this last little break we took. And so tonight, I'm hoping to start season three, episode one. Yeah. Ray's the one who got me turned on to it. You're all caught up on the show, right, Ray? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm just waiting for the next season. We can't wait. Yep. Yeah. All right. After show, baby. Time for one more. What's our last one here? It's oh, I'm going to be honest with you. That one's a little bit too long. It is okay. worth it, though. 
Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. okay. We'll do the guys just for future. Note, try not to make novels out of these. So, okay. What do we got? What's our last one? Today? From Draven Marks. Hi, John. My name is Draven. Huge fan. Been watching since uh, your three hour long Ben Affleck is back as Batman video. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you uh, to you and the crew for what you guys do. Because when I was two years old, I was in a car accident, oh, which wow. left me paralyzed on a ventilator and in a wheelchair. The years have been rough, but thanks to your show, it helps the time go by and really makes my day. But I'm not letting my condition keep me down because I'm currently in the works of becoming an actor. Wow. I just wanted to say thank you for keeping my love and spirit for movies alive. Rob, you're the man. Thanks for introducing me to Hot Toys. And I already got five. And Chris, I would love to take your class. I would love for you to take my class, dude. Message me. Draven, now I have to know what five those are. And yeah. you already have more than me. That's <laughs> yeah, like, I can't allow my, because that, that, that's the problem. When I buy... See, I had none, and then when I bought one, I suddenly had three, and then when I then I waited years and I bought one more, and then I suddenly had another one. So I, I that's the problem with hot toys, man. You start buying them, they're not cheap. Yeah, big and problem, they, John. Big problem. <laughs> and at the end of the year, John, and just they really there was a deluge of hot toys. It was hor horrific. You could not survive the hot toys tsunami. I certainly didn't. Oh my god, there's just so many of them. First of all. Thank you for sharing that. We've said for so many years that that's, that's the thing about movies and the community that watches movies, right? They are, it all goes back to a thing I've said before. As a species, we are storytellers. That's what we do. And the earliest recordings of mankind is people telling stories, etching on cave walls of telling stories, relaying our human history through sitting around a campfire or whatever. That's what we are. And and the power of stories is something that will always capture us on a genetic level. And the power that those two to, to get us through hard times, difficult times, great times, wonderful times. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's amazing. And I'm glad that uh, that the, the love of movies has been that for you through your life. And thank you for being here and being a part of our community. We appreciate it very much. All right, guys, listen, that's all the time we have for getting through uh, the, the member chat, the member questions here today. Before we sign off, though, and we can bring up my screen, uh, Jonathan, if you have a chance. Oh, gotcha. Uh, wanted to point out, you've heard many of our members today, and, and I put up a post about this on our community channel about three days ago. But as many of our viewers have pointed out, uh, we were very saddened to hear about the passing of, of one of our OG longtime community members and supporters here, uh, Ben Rayner, who, if you have been a regular member and around our you know, around our live chat streams and all that kind of stuff, you've seen Ben. Ben has not just been somebody who would send in super chats, stuff like that, but super active in the ongoing discussions and the talks going through with our other various channel members uh, every day. I mentioned in the post that ours is a virtual community, but that makes it nonetheless more real. And uh, Ben has been a very active, important part of that community for a long time. I started his own YouTube channel. Uh, things like that did like was kind of the model of what an online movie fan should be. Yeah. Uh, optimistic and positive in his love of the things. Uh, not shy to point out the things that he didn't like. <laughs> uh, always had something interesting to say and and contributed to our online community as a whole, not just here at the John Campion because he was he was an active member of the overall online movie community of other channels as well and stuff like that. And we were very very sad to hear about. Uh, his passing. And so to everybody who, those of you who knew Ben personally, uh, none of us in the room did, but obviously we, he's been around for so long and such a positive influence on our online communities. For those of you who did know him personally or acquainted with him, our, our deepest, sincerest um, 
you know, thoughts and well wishes to all of you guys. And uh, Ben Rayner will be missed in our online community. And with that down and said, guys, that'll do it for today's installment, the first of the new year of 2023 of the John Campia Show. Thank you so much, guys, for being here and making the, a show, this show part of your day. Don't forget, guys, to like and subscribe to this channel. And don't forget also, a little bit later today at 2 p.m., that's 2 p.m. Los Angeles time, the first newest edition of The Weekly Hero comes your way with Robert Meyer Burnett and Chris Carr. We hope you guys will come back and join them for that. Uh, don't forget, guys, if you need an audio-only version of this show, you want to hear the podcast, Good news, the John Campy Show podcast is out there and available. Just go on your favorite podcasting app of choice and search for that, and it'll be there when you need it. So, for everybody in the room, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett, the wonderful Chris Carr, Ray Ora, whose Bengals are playing a little bit later tonight, <laughs> Jonathan Voico, and of course, Taylor Gonzalez. My name's John Campia, guys. Thanks a lot for being here, and until tomorrow, my friends, bye-bye.